Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. So, this morning, church, uh, I want to talk to you about repentance. You see, Paul, the Apostle Paul, in writing to the Corinthian church, he's going to appeal to the people in Corinth of their need to repent. Now you go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Keep this in mind. There's a church that Paul planted that's kind of going wayward. They're kind of indulging in fleshly activities, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But he's, he's appealing to them with all of his heart that they should repent. As a matter of fact, he writes in verse 21 where he says this, yes, I'm afraid, right? Yes, I'm afraid that when I come again, God will humble me in your presence. And I will be grieved because many of you have not given up your old sins. You have not repented of your impurity, your sexual immorality, and your eagerness for lustful pleasure. This is what he's saying, right? So this morning, here's what I want to do, church. If you don't mind, I want to address the topic of repentance. This is not a term that's preached in a lot of churches these days. You, you guys understand that, right? This is not, hey, let's, let's repent. Okay? It's not, right? Now, why? Because the term repentance requires for us to stop doing something or to change directions. That's what repentance means. It means we're walking down a path and repentance says, oh, I need to stop and I need to change directions. But if we're really honest, if we could be honest in church, we really, we don't really want to change at times who we are or what we're doing. And if we're brutally honest, can we be brutally honest in church? Then we want salvation, but we want it on our own terms. That, that's basically what it is. We want our terms of salvation. God, listen, I, I don't mind being saved, and thank you for saving me, but this, how I, this is how I'd like for it to go down. And we don't want to repent. We don't want to change. We don't want to look deep inside our hearts. We don't like those things. And so what we do is we tend to find, and this is what was going on in, in Corinth, we tend to find those teachers that fit where we want to be. Oh, that was such a good message. He was, man, I feel, I feel so good. I can conquer the world. Well, what about that sin? Yeah, I'm not worried about sin, but I can conquer the world. Yeah, but what about that area of relationship that God wants to deal with? Yeah, but I can conquer. And, and in my job, in my boss, and I should be. And, 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 and here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. We have to, we have to get back to basics. And, and the word of God. So here's the thing. I want to start our study, if you don't mind, with a question. Okay, this is a question that we need to write down. If you're taking notes, here it is. What is repentance, and is it necessary for salvation? I think that's a good question. What is repentance, and is it necessary for salvation? Now, many understand the term repentance to mean a turning away from sin. 
Regretting sin and turning from it related to repentance. Now, your attention, please. There are a lot of times that we acknowledge sin and we're sorrowful. Oh, I'm sorry. But we never repent from it. There are times that we enjoy our sin, we like doing it, and then we get convicted and we're like, yeah, you know what, I'm so super busted, I'm sorry. Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me, but when we continue in it, can I get an amen? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? This is what, this is what, this is what repentance is, but guys, here's what it is. Repenting, repentance is turning from, and it's related to, again, think about it, the, the more precise meaning of the word, the more biblical meaning of the word means to change one's mind. To change one's mind. Do you realize what you think moves 18 inches into your heart, which determines your behavior? How you think, how you believe is what's going to determine your behavior. And so again, repentance means to change one's mind. Now, the Bible tells us, guys, the Word of God says that true, true repentance will result in change. That's what will happen. Things will change. Okay, let me give you an example before I jump into the Scripture. For example, when you were not saved and you uh, were confronted by an enemy, your action was to beat up that enemy. Anybody? You're not saying, come on, I'm going to punch you in the throat. Let's go. When you're saved and you've repented, I can't beat him up anymore. And I love him. Things have changed. Things have changed. Let me, let me give you an example. Look at Luke, guys. Luke chapter 3, 8 through 14 says this. Therefore, what does he say? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So the people asked Jesus saying, what shall we do then? That's a good question. What should we do? Okay. He answered and he said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give one who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. Then the tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, Collect no more than what is appointed for you. It goes on. Likewise, the soldiers asked him, what shall we do? So he said, do not intimidate anyone or accuse falsely and be content with your wages. Now, here's what was going on, okay? The Jewish people were going, I'm saved based on Abraham. I'm a Jewish. I'm, this is how I'm saved. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. You can't say, he says, I need to see actions based upon repentance, and they say, well, what shall we do? That's a good question. Okay, what shall we do? Now, listen, let me just, I, I've got to dissect this or else then we'll walk away going, okay, so then it's a works-oriented mentality. No, 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 it's not a works. Okay, works is a result of you already being saved. Doing something for Jesus. But, but not only do we do good, but we turn as a result from what? From being saved. 
So he says, so what should we do? Well, the one thing we should do is we should have a heart to give to the poor. If somebody's cold, we don't go, oh, I have two jackets. I'm sorry you're cold. We take them and we give them a jacket. Okay? You guys saw the whole text. But that's really, he goes, man, my mindset has changed. Because really, the carnal mindset is selfish. Me, me, me. It's all about me. I'm in love with me. and I, But the Christian mindset is others. Now, here's the rub. You ready? You have two coats. One is five years old, and you've used it. The other coat is brand new. You just bought it. The Lord knocks on your heart. Hey, there's somebody somebody who needs a coat. Which one do you give? Yeah, we wish. Go ahead. I just bought me a brand new one. See, we need to have the mindset that goes, look, it doesn't matter which coat I just need to give. I just need to give. There was a lady in Amarillo one time that (laughs) Nathalie totally freaked out. Totally freaked her out. Why? Because you know how girls are. Oh, I like your dress. I like this, right? And, and, and I don't know if it was a shirt or a dress or something, but all of a sudden, this girl comes up to Nathalie at a conference and says, oh, I really like your, what was it? The dress. She went in the restroom, took off the dress and gave it to her. She had other clothes, don't get me wrong. I mean, she wasn't. <laughs> but this girl was like, wow. Wow. Adam, I really like your boots. Yeah, he better give them to me. Do you guys know what I'm saying? I mean, that's, that really is the Christian mindset, should it not be? Listen, if I have something, here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Now, the other verse, for example, real quick, because I could get caught up in this, is actually Acts chapter 3, guys. Now, he went from Luke to Acts chapter 3, verse 19, and it says this. He says, repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Now, again, here's what he's saying. He's given us two biblical examples. There are many more, but here's two biblical examples of repenting. Now, in summarizing Paul's ministry, here's what he declares. I preach that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. Okay, your attention, please. Remember, we get saved and our works are a natural byproduct of salvation. Can I get an amen? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? This is that I'm saved. This is why I do. Why do I serve the Lord? Because I'm saved. Why do you love? Why why do you want to? Why do you give your money? Because I'm saved. Why do you want to help in the children? Because I'm saved. Why do you want to do? You guys understand works. No matter what it might is, you're saved. It's you're not working. You're not working to be saved. Well, if I just do this, God will like me, and then I'll get into heaven. Yeah, I hope I'm crossing all my fingers and my toes. We're saved because Jesus loves us. And we're saved. And we're saved. Do you guys know what it means to be saved? It means, it, 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 it's not an, it, it's an interesting term that says, listen, no matter what, in this life, no matter what I face, I get to go to heaven. And he's going to be, this is so cool. And all my loved ones are there, and I can't wait, and I'm going to see Jesus face to face, and it will be worth it all when I see him. Amen, I'm saved. Now, as a result, his Holy Spirit working in me, 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to change my mind on how I used to be, and, and so here I come. He goes, okay, so I'm going to demonstrate my repentance by good deeds. The full biblical definition of repentance is to change of mind that results in a change of action. That's what it means. A change of mind as a change, basically, that is a change that results in a change of action. Okay, so question. Is it necessary, is repentance necessary to be saved? Do you have to repent? Well, the book of Acts especially focuses on repentance in regard to salvation. So the answer is yes. Okay? Six times throughout the book of Acts, repentance is used. Okay? To repent in relation to salvation is to change your mind in regard to sin and to Jesus Christ. Okay? Peter, the Apostle Peter, in his sermon in Acts chapter 2, ends his message with a call to repentance. And here's what blows my mind. I don't understand why pastors don't preach like this anymore. And, and, and here I am, and I'm thinking right before service, I'm going, Lord, I know what Paul's going to say, and I know his appeal to repentance, but how does this fit in our church today? And it's, there's a call for us to repent. But we have to change our mind regarding sin and Jesus Christ. Well, what does Paul say? Well, look at Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Acts 2, 38. It's going to be on the screen, or you can turn there. It says, and Peter said to them, what does he say, guys? Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy, Holy Ghost, right? Acts 2.38. What does it say? And Peter said to them, help me, everyone, repent, and let every one of you be baptized. And I thought about Acts 2.38, and it reminded me of a story. It reminded me of a story of an elderly woman, okay, who had come home from church, she had come home from an evening service at church, and she was startled by an intruder. There was somebody in her house. Okay? Well, she didn't know what to do. So, basically, she, she caught the men robbing her home, and guess what she do? She yells at the top of her lung, Acts 2.38! Which is what? Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ so your sins will be forgiven. Well, the burglar stopped, dead in his tracks, the woman calmly called the police. The police came, and basically the officer said, as he cuffed the man, he said, um, Sir, why did you just stand there? All the old lady did was yell scripture at you. He said, Scripture? I thought she said she had an axe and two thirty-eights. Peter is calling people, guys, who rejected Jesus to change their mind about sin and to change their mind about Christ himself. Recognizing, guys, that, that indeed the Lord as Christ. It's the same thing that happened to us. Do you guys remember? Do you remember when you got saved? Do you remember when the scales fell from your eyes? Your heart was beating fast and you're going, listen, and you were confused and you're just like, what? This is, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is, Jesus died for me. And then everything came into focus and you're like, wow. And you, well, I can't do this anymore. I, I changed my mind. I changed my mind. Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is God. That's how you got saved. You changed. Now, 
This is how it works in salvation. Okay, this is how you got saved. So the question is, how does it work in the life of believers? Okay, because that's what goes out first. Hey, how many of you need Jesus? I need Jesus. You need to repent of your sin and follow God. You need to confess him. And then people do that, guys. Sometimes we have them come forward. Sometimes they do it right in their seat. Whatever it might be, we want to see people saved. Can I get a good amen? Amen. I want to see people saved. Guys, I I, I want to just remind you, because the Lord reminded me, guys, of the dreams that I had where I'm standing in the back of a truck and I'm trying to get people into salvation as much as I can. And I didn't know that was going to be my lifeline calling to be standing on a platform trying to bring people into the kingdom. That really is my heart. And it's so funny because I'll meet somebody and we'll become friends, but you know what the main goal in my life is? Make sure they're saved. Make sure they're saved. The process is how do I go about it? You know, are we friends? Do we, do we lift weights together? Do we, whatever we do, how do I do? But I want to make sure they get in the kingdom. We had a prayer meeting. Talia called a prayer meeting the other day, and and we had a prayer meeting. And you know where my heart was? My heart was to pray for the opponent. Because I I know eternity is not worth this world. Eternity away. God, please save them. They're so blinded right now. Please save them. All this is going to go away. All this world is going to go away. And what's going to be left is eternity with Jesus or without. Where do you want to be? Where do you want to be? Amen. With. Amen. So how does repentance look in the life of the believer? Because we need to turn and we need to repent for salvation. You go, amen. I, I get that, right? Why? Because it's impossible to place your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior without first changing your mind about your sin and about who Jesus and what he's done. There's no way. Because you got to go, oh, oh. But what does Paul do? Paul, in our section, what does he do? He's going to appeal to the church. How does repentance work in the life of those who claim to be followers of God? Oh, now we're getting to how he speaks to us. Well, if you're taking notes, first and foremost, remember, Paul reminds us as believers what we learned back in chapter 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. Notice what Paul writes. This is what we learned already, but he says this. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation. Not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. This is what he told us, okay? Godly sorrow produces repentance. You understand that, okay? You understand, right? I know this has never happened to you. You, you and Adam never fight, right? You, that doesn't happen to you. But let's just say you guys fight. You know, you, you had a fight. Right? And Adam was wrong, of course. And Adam comes to you, knows he's wrong, but he says, hey, Tiffany, I'm sorry. And he goes and does it again. It's like, was he really sorry? That's worldly. It's just like, I'm sorry. I I feel bad that you feel bad, or I feel bad that I got busted. I feel bad that I got caught. But what Paul tells us is godly sorrow goes, oh, that, that results in a change. Hey, Tiffany, I am so sorry. I want to make sure that doesn't happen again. That's what he's saying. That's the first thing. So as believers, right, we need to have godly sorrow to produce what? Repentance, leading to salvation. Okay, I got this. 
Now, the second thing is there has to be a change in disposition and a new way of thinking about God's sin, about holiness, and about doing God's will. Why? So as believers, guys, we are to change the way we think. Okay? Your attention, please. When we first get saved, we, we come into this walk with a bunch of baggage. Don't you agree? I mean, it's like, I'm saved. Well, what do you got? All my baggage. What do I do with it? I have no idea, but I got baggage. We're going on a trip. And eventually the Lord starts to go through that baggage and allows you to let it go. But there's some stuff. And so we have to change the way we think, guys. We have to change. That's, that's what happens when we first get saved. We have to change the way we think. And we have to change the way we think about God and about sin. Because when we first get saved, let's be honest. When we first get saved, you remember when you first, first got saved? Very brand new baby. You're still sinning. You don't know what's, you don't know what's wrong. You're just like, well, this is what I've always done. But I feel different now. This is weird. I feel, why do I feel so bad? Bethany, I feel bad. Why do I feel so bad? I don't understand. Oh, it's sin. Something different. And so we start to change. And then we start walking, guys, as believers in holiness. That's what we are for the believers. Now, at this point in our study, guys, I want to break away from our text for just a moment. And I want to offer my own appeal. Why? Because in our current world situation, my prayer, guys, is the scales would fall from your eyes and you would see what's going on in the world. Okay, and I thought, okay, what do we need to do? I believe, guys, that God is giving us time to repent. He's calling us to repentance. He's calling us to think different about who God is and about sin. I think the Lord is calling us, church, to walk closer to him in these last days. Now, now here's the thing, guys. The problem is, is that we sit there and we go, well, pastor, people have been saying we've been in the last days forever. No, 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 I'm telling you, we're definitely in the last days. And the last days could last a year. It could last 20 minutes. It could last four years. I'm just telling you, I want to be ready. And God is calling us today. He's saying, guys, I'm going to give you an opportunity to repent. I'm giving you an opportunity to change your mind about the way that you live, about the way you think about me, about the, about how, how valuable I am in your life. I don't want to be just a part of your life. Like, like here's your giant circle and you've got work and you've got play and you've got leisure and then, and then here's a little pie section of God. God says, no, I don't want to just be number one in your life. I want to be all your life. And everything in your life should flow from me. Ah, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. Guys, my prayer, and you probably see this, that there are certain people that are blinded to the things of the world and where we're going. And when we say, the Lord Jesus is coming back soon, they kind of just go, yeah, Listen, I'm not all, I'm, listen, Jada, you're in school, right? I'm not all about quit school and just wait for Jesus. I'm saying, do school, plan your life like he's not coming back for a hundred years, but live your life like he's coming back today. That's how we need to be. Live our lives. 
be sensitive to the God's Holy Spirit. When you go out to eat today, if you go, if you go out to eat and, 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 and there's a wait, guys, be kind to the waitress. Show love to the waitress or the waiter. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Don't be rude. Don't be, cause that most, most servants, servers say the church people are the rudest. After church. We can't be that way, guys. We need to be, we need to be different. We need to engage and say, hey, how you doing? You okay? Guys, is there anything I can pray for? I mean, and be sincere about it. Why? Why? Because last Sunday, we went out to eat with some folks from the church. And we went out to eat at Orlando's. The Friday, just a few days ago, one of the servers was killed in the parking lot of Orlando's. Now, it wasn't the one who waited on us, but what if it was? I want to be the one that, that brings hope to her life. You see, this is, this is where we're called to repent. Come on. We're called to, in our situation, the people are blind to the world. We need to be that light. We need to, amen? Why? Because think about what Isaiah wrote, guys. Think about what Isaiah wrote in chapter 5, verse 20. He says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Think about what he's saying. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Guys, we're living in a world right now where we're calling light darkness. We're living in a world where evil is good. Are you guys with me? This is what Isaiah wrote. He says, woe to you. And we can see it in our eyes. We can see it in our eyes where, well, I mean, where, where you're going, man, I don't, I, this is never, I never thought in my lifetime I would see this, the evil in our world, and yet we're calling it good? Let me just say this. The Lord is coming back soon. I don't want to be found floundering. I don't want to be drifting away. If you're here today and you feel like you're drifting away, man, today's the day. He says, come back. Repentance is key. Repentance is key. See, the Bible, the Word of God, repentance results in what? In a changed behavior. That is why John the Baptist called people to what? To produce fruit in keeping of repentance. Why? Because a person who truly repented of his sin and has exercised faith in Christ will give evidence of a changed life. Do you remember what Paul said? They said, hey, Paul, you're not even an apostle. Where are your credentials? And he looks out to the church like, and he says, you guys are my credentials. You guys are the reason I'm, I'm an and, and that's how I feel. Pastor Ben, what are your credentials for a pastor? You! As you walk in holiness, as you walk in godliness, as, you, as I see changed lives, as I get that, Pastor Ben, you won't believe this. There's a couple of things that I get all the time that I'm so stoked about. What's that? They'll come up to me and go, Pastor Ben, I have learned more at church in these last six months than I've learned in my whole life as a, as a Christian. I said, amen, I want you to learn. But more importantly, I want to see where you go, man, you don't know how I used to be, and now I've changed, and I'm different. I'm different. And you know how I know you're different? Your friends. 
The same friends that used to be, they don't, they don't want to hang out. Man, she's, she's gotten religion, man. She's gotten crazy. She's gotten, she's all, and it's like, that's a changed life. Well, that was a long intro into our text, was it not? But we only have three verses. So what's going on? Paul is finishing up in his challenge, okay? These super apostles. And we've come to the last, and Paul's going to appeal for their repentance. Okay, look at verse 19. 2 Corinthians 12, 19 says, Again, Paul says, do you think that we exercise ourselves to you? We speak God in Christ, but we do all things, beloved, for your edification. You guys, if you have a pencil handy and you're not afraid to write in your neighbor's Bible, go ahead and circle that word for edification because it means to strengthen and build up. That's what it means, to strengthen and build up. You go, why is that important? I want you to grasp Paul's heart. I want you to see why. I, I want to imitate Paul because Paul is imitating Christ. Therefore, I want to imitate Christ. So what's he saying? Think about what he's saying. He says, perhaps you're thinking that we're saying all of these things in chapter 12, he says, to defend ourselves. You Could you imagine? They're going, well, that Paul, he's just saying that to defend. He's just trying to defend himself. Paul's saying, no, 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 I'm not saying that. He says, listen, we're telling you this as Christ's servants, and God is our witness. Everything we do, dear friends, is to strengthen you. I want to build you up in the most holy faith. Guys, when we moved to Lubbock, Texas 17 years ago to start a church, the one thing that we had in our heart was to help you guys live victorious. Not just be Christian, but live victoriously. To pull down the strongholds of sin that have kept you in bondage for so long, to live victoriously, to have that peace and that joy. I'm not saying life is easy, but I'm saying that you'll go, okay. Here's my goal. I want y'all to finish well. To finish well. To run the race. To cross the, the finish line. And if for some reason I have to do your funeral this year or next year or two years from now, I want to say, man, they finished well. They ran the race Wow. That's, that's what I want to say. And I want you to know that if something happens to me this year, that you could go, man, he ran the race. He finished well. Listen, I don't want, and I know you don't either, I don't want Pastor Ben with a little asterisk. He did well, but I don't want the asterisk next to my name. Do you? Well, he finished well, but there's some things you need to know about him. No, no, I'm going to finish well. That's what he's saying. He's saying, we're doing it to strengthen you. Now, why would he tell the church that? Here's why, guys. Because the false apostles, guys, they were mistreating the Corinthian believers. We learned about that in chapter 11. You go, okay, so what was happening? Well, Paul and his associates said, man, we're here to strengthen your faith. And you know how we do it? As a matter of fact, we endured hardship for you. We, 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 all of chapter 11 was like, you don't understand. I got beat. I got stoned to, almost to death. It, I mean, you don't understand. I was shipwrecked. This is all for you. This is all for you. Paul saw heaven. Paul saw heaven. And he said, there are things that's unlawful. Paul saw heaven. Which made him believe that there was something that everyone, everyone needed to go to. That he'd be willing to lay down his life so that people could go there. So he goes on. 
says, okay, we're, we want to strengthen you. Guys, this is for your edification. Why? Verse 20. For I fear lest when I come, I shall not find you such as I wish, and that I shall be found by you such as you do not wish. Lest there be what? Contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, backbitings, whisperings, conceits, tumults. This is what he's saying. Now, guys, notice the heart of Paul. He says, guys, I, I have to admit, I, I have some fears. He says that, that when I come to you, I'm afraid that you're not going to have repented and you're going to disappoint me. And as a matter of fact, I think I might disappoint you. And in that frustration, everything's going to fall to pieces, he's going to say. And there's going to be quarrels, jealousies, flaring tempers. I mean, taking sides, all of this stuff. All of this stuff. He says, th- think about it, guys. He's like, look, come on. Lest there be what? Contentions and jealousies and outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, backbiting. He says, man, I don't want to come there. I'm, I- I'm appealing to you. Please repent. Change. I'm writing, please. Now, I find it interesting, guys, if you're taking note to all my Bible students, guys, that the sins that Paul writes are the same sins of the flesh that he wrote back in Galatians. He, he, think about it. Galatians chapter 5, notice what Paul says. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, okay, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissension, and heresies. It's the very same thing that he wrote, guys. What else? Envy, murder, drunkenness, rivalries are the like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things won't inherit the kingdom of God. Wow. Listen, this is why Paul is so adamant in this last, almost this last chapter, chapter 12. Such vices, guys, such sins are sins against community, and they create division among believers. This is what he's saying. Okay? So Paul is really seeking to strengthen their faith. Why? Because he's afraid that otherwise, when he makes that third visit, Neither they will find one another what they desire. He's not, he's going to say, man, you're not, this is, and he's going to, and he's worried. He's worried that he's going to find him still strapped to sin, walking away from God unrepentant, especially with the sins that he already wrote about, sexual impurity, sexual sins and impurity. So what does Paul do? Paul says, listen, I'm just worried about that, guys. You got to love Paul's heart. Because Paul worries about his kids. Now, whenever he plants a church, there is kids. Okay? They're just not people in a building. They're just not people who come and they're, they're, he worries about it. And that's why he's, he goes, listen, I want to strengthen you. Because I know sins are going to take you. They're going to they're lead you down the path. A wrong path. And I've wrote to you. And now if I come a third time, and he says in verse 21, he says, I need to call you to repent. Why? He says, well, lest when I come again, my God will humble me among you. And I shall mourn for many who have sinned before and have not repented. Of what? Uncleanness, fornication, lewdness of which they had practiced. He's going, guys, guys, I love you so much that I, I, I'm begging you to repent, to change direction. 
I'm worried that that you're going to still be caught up in your sin. So Paul would come over and he'd say, hey, you're still caught up in your sin. And you know what they would say? Judge not, lest you be judged, Paul. Paul's going, no, 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 you don't understand. My heart is to see you grown in the kingdom. My heart is to see you. He said, God, God if, when I come to you, man, God's going to humble me. And you go, what, is, what does that mean? Well, an example, he said, if Paul comes and he still finds them acting like pagans, God's going to humble him. But we've got to chat. We've got to talk. Why? Because there are two types of sin mentioned here. Two types. I don't know if you caught it. There are the social sins in verse 20, and then there are the sexual sins in verse 21. Okay? You guys with me? Give me, give me, nod your head if you're with me. Why? Because this is important. It's going to get, it's going to be really cool because I'm going to take a bow like this and then I'm going to tie it and I'm going to bring it back nicely. Check it out. Okay. So what are the sins in chapter 20? Everybody's together. Social sins. Social sins. Okay. In 21, these are sexual sins. This is what he's writing. You go, okay. Now, here's what I want you to do. Everybody put on your thinking caps. Put on your thinking caps. In chapter 15 of the book of Luke, Jesus tells a story of what he calls the prodigal son and the older brother. Do you guys remember that story? There's one that's like, Dad, basically, I hate your guts. I want to go out on my own. And the younger brother goes out with all, Dad gives him the money. He splits. The older brother's like, I can't believe younger brother did that. I'm going to go out to the field. It's the prodigal son. Both brothers needed to repent. Would you agree? Both brothers. Because what we do in chapter 15, Matthew, is we focus on the prodigal because he's out living the vida loca. He's with prostitutes. He's spending all his money. He's the good time as long as he's buying until he starts eating the pig food. And he's like... I'm eating pig food. This is what, and, and so he repents. The problem is that the older brother doesn't repent. He stays over here, but he's living in self-righteous, and he's going, I... And so all of a sudden, the older brother's coming home from the field, and he goes, what's that I hear? I hear a party's going on. There's a party going on? Yeah, I said, your, your younger brother repented. He came home. Your dad, he's going to have a party. You know what the older brother does? He crosses his arm. He says, I'm not going in. I didn't, I didn't do that to dad. I didn't make him, I didn't wish my dad to die. And, and he was, he, he was bearing self-righteous. Now, okay, so, what Paul is trying to tell us, you ready? Is both those people are in the church today. Wow. Both those people are in the church today. In the church today, you have the prodigal, where I go, hey, you need to come to Jesus. And here's what I'll say. If you've never given your life to the Lord, this is your day. And people get saved. I get saved. I get saved. There's, woo, it's so amazing. But then you have the older brother who has been brought up in church all their lives. And they're sitting and going, my, my grandpa was a pastor. My dad was a pastor. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a but they haven't repented. They haven't had a real relationship with Jesus themselves. Tamri's here. You remember that, Tamri? We did a, we did a thing called say. It was so powerful. 
That was so powerful because Tamri was brought up in church. She went to church and she, and she got saved. Nothing's been the same since then, has it, Tamri? Nothing's been, I'm telling you. And so Paul addresses both of them. He says, guys, there are some in the church. There are some in the church. So like Paul, I have the same appeal. If you're a prodigal and you've never given your life to Jesus, today's the day. Because salvation is here. If you're the older brother in self-righteous, you need to repent and turn back to God. This is what the Word of God is teaching us. I like what Warren Wearsby says, guys. Warren Wearsby says this. What began as fractions in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, has now grown into debates and strifes and tumults. Satan was in command. Why? For God is not the author of confusion. False teaching leads to false living, end quote. That's what Warren Wearsby says. So how are we going to tie this all together? Okay, you ready? Here it comes. As we close... As we close, I want you to think of what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, in the church of Corinth, like the church today, there are people in the church who are prodigals. And maybe you're watching online. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you have a false security of, I've gone to church, but you don't have a relationship with God. Listen, there's no quote-unquote judgment here, just my appeal to say, it's time to come home. But then we have the prodigal. Then we have the older brother. And we have the older brother who goes, grew up in church. I know all there is about Jesus. I'm okay. And the repent and the call to repentance is going, hey, hey, today's the day of repentance. This is what Paul is getting to the church. He says, I don't want to come and find you guys all doing this. I'm appealing. I'm coming. Time to repent. You go, Ben, what does that mean for me? What does that mean for me? Well, let's take it one step further, okay? You say, well, Ben, I'm not a prodigal. I love Jesus. And I'm not self-righteous. I have a relationship with God. What is my application? Here it is. Guys, we do, what we do is a simple heart check. God, where am I? Is there something that I need to, is there something in my life that I'm allowing that is not glorifying to you. Help me to change my mind and my heart. Am I not putting you first? Am I not having my quiet times like I should? Am I not having, God, please, because I want to grow closer to you in these last days. I want to grow closer. So we have three groups of people. Wherever you are, Paul is saying, it's time to come home. It's time to repent. It's time to change our mind. It's time to focus on the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. Father, we thank you today for your word and the truth in your word. We thank you for your great love for us. We thank you, God, that you've called us to repentance, Lord, and it's in your word. You've asked us to. You've asked us to repent for salvation's sake. We're saved. You've asked us to repent, Lord, for the self-righteous' sake. We're saved. But even now, Lord, you're asking us to repent, God, to come and walk closer to you. 
And I thank you for that. Lord Jesus, with every eye closed and every head bowed, my heart is the Holy Spirit would go out, Lord, whether it's podcast or anyone watching online. First and foremost, Lord, has my life changed because of you? Am I different? Because repentance demonstrates a changed life. And maybe you're here today, and I was saying some things about repentance, and I was saying things about salvation, and, and quite honestly, you're saying, um, Pastor, I don't have a relationship with God like that, I, but I want to. I want, I want my relationship to, to, man, to grow so much. I want my relationship right now. I want to pray for you. And I want you simply to lift up your hand and say, Pastor, will you pray for me? I want to be right with God. I want to, I want to follow him with all of my heart because I want, to, I want to grow in this season. And if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus or you're here today and you've backslidden from following Jesus like you should, but, but the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you the whole service, Will you just lift up your hand? Nobody's going to see you, but I want God to see you. I want God to say, listen, Lord, just lift up your hand right now and say, Pastor, pray for me. That's where I'm at, and I want to be right with God. Would you do that right now? If God, if God Almighty is speaking to you, then will you just say, pray for me? God bless you, sister. Anyone else? God bless you in the back. I see you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. You just... This is it. You're repenting. You're changing. You're going to follow God with all of your heart. You're not going to let anything else get in the way. This is for you. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord. Those of you watching online, just lift up your hand. God sees you. I pray for you right now. I pray that the Holy Spirit, God, the same Holy Spirit that's brought conviction and love, that, Lord, that you would just say yes. And you would say, God, today I repent of my, I'm changing my mind. I'm following you. I acknowledge that you are God. I want you to be Lord of my life. I give you my life. It's all yours. I don't want to take control anymore. I want you to have it. Guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.